Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Welcome to the Ohio Podcast. We are here on day four, and I'll tell you, this week has gone a long time. And it's not uh, blaming the Ohio Podcast. It's more of just, it's been a week, fellas. I mean, it's been kind of <laughs> long, long week. But uh, we're excited to be here. I'm excited to be here with Craig and Brandon. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. How are you? Yeah, I, I'm doing okay. Um Obviously, big news yesterday that happened in D.C., and, and honestly, we usually like to talk about a couple stories, but we were just talking before the podcast. I don't know what else we should talk about today. I mean, I feel weird talking about a minor sports transaction or something goofy, so we're, we're going to break down what happened yesterday. Again, we are a nonpartisan podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our feelings and everything. Honestly, the only word to really describe what the experience was like being outside the United States Capitol. And hang on a second. All right, I have video come up, and <laughs> I'm like, wow, who, who's talking in the background? <laughs> Sorry about that, but um, yeah, we, we're not saying Wow, we're up in your game, podcasting. It, yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, I've got a correspondent in D.C. <laughs> today. Wow, this is great. <laughs> StreamYard, the program we use is fantastic. They give us correspondence. They haven't called without even knowing about it. It's fantastic. No, my darn computer, the tab. I just started playing video for some reason. Okay, well, we're back, and – um. We're a nonpartisan podcast, so obviously we have our own feelings. We all vote our own ways. That's fine. But we're not going to sit here and be uh, pro-Trump, pro-Biden. But obviously there's a lot of feelings because I, I think yesterday went way beyond the whole scope of which uh, politician you back or not. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But just a couple promos to get started. Uh, guys, I was telling you yesterday about um, last um, couple months ago we talked to um, Drew Brown um, from the American Cornhole League. He's from Ohio. And Brandon, I think I dropped what 500 Trey uh, Rider references. Uh, he's the analyst for uh, Cornhole for ESPN, and Drew was nice. He brought Trey on, so I talked to Trey last night, and we talked about Cornhole. Uh, we talked about how um, they signed on. Get this, guys! They're not just with ESPN now. They signed a deal with CBS. So you're going to be able to see their cornhole on CBS and CBS Sports Network. And he was talking about how it's really helped save their sport. Um, you know, he said, unlike the NFL, if we cancel for a year, we may not have, have had a sport anymore. And they've been able to kind of utilize a, a sad time 
to be able to get more of their sport on TV. I mean, it's been on ESPN a ton, especially during the early parts of the pandemic. And he also talked about Ohio. And I wanted to mention this quickly to you guys. There is a kid in Carrollton High School, which is up in the Northeast Ohio area. He's a senior, and he's one of the best 10 cornhole players in the world. He plays pro cornhole. Can, can you imagine the girls he's getting uh, being a pro cornhole player? Uh, Brandon, would, would that have upped your game in high school if you were one of the best cornhole players in the world? I think cornhole is a pretty good tailgate game. So, you know, yeah. got a, got a, got an act- date night. It's always set. Like, we're going to tailgate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, as long as you're not a jerk about it, it's great. But, no, he talked about that. Uh, he talked about this other guy from New Philadelphia, also one of the better cornhole players in the world. He always plays with a big thermos in his hand for drink. And on Twitter, there's a lot of discussion on what's in that thermos. Is it pop? Is it soda? Is it beer? Is it bourbon? What What is it? Nobody knows. And uh, talked about that. And also talked about the bad boy of Cornhole. This guy, Dr. Mac, he's a real little guy. He's a manager of a factory. I think it's somewhere in Western Ohio. But on weekends, he goes to the ESPN and starts screaming at people, and he's a bad boy. And so we talked about him, too. So a lot of local references, and uh, also he's a Clemson grad. So we talked about the Ohio State-Clemson game. He didn't want to talk about that much. He was a little bummed that, you know, Ohio State won. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, it could be a lot of fun. Again, go to um, – we have links on our social media pages. We have links on our, our post. Anchor.com is where we run our podcast through. There's eight different places where you, you can subscribe to the Ohioan on all of your favorite podcast catchers. If I miss one, let me know. And I'll get on there. But the big ones I can think of is Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Right now, you can get us there, too. Um, and, hey, support our Patreon page. Um, just with the craziness, we haven't had a post there for a day or two, but we're committing to post our show notes. And if you have any ideas for a show or, or people want to have on, let us know. So it should be good. All right. Um, let's, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this, to be honest, guys. Um, yesterday was a bummer. Um, I work with Gannett and USA Today Network. So obviously we were very busy covering it. And it was sad. I got to say, as a journalist, sometimes I can survive by kind of, Detaching myself from stories Like I've covered some awful stories um, Murders, um, deaths And everything else, and not that I don't care But sometimes you can kind of not Think personally about a story It helps get you through it, to cover without Going crazy I was sad, and I'm a, I was almost Tearing up yesterday, watching uh, The craziness of yesterday Where um, and I'm trying to summarize this so you guys can talk. Um, you know, yesterday was a certification of the president. Uh, we talked about that during the show. We were anticipating some political infighting between Republicans and Democrats as they do the certification. We realized not much was going to happen. And I mean, they weren't going to overturn the election. Very unlikely that there was going to be investigations of voter fraud or anything else. So we we approach this day. Um, they hold a rally. Uh, Trump's at the rally, and Trump says, hey, everyone, come down to the Capitol, and you know, we'll cheer the ones that support us and boo the ones that don't. Everyone went to the Capitol, and it quickly went from just a protest, which is okay, you can protest, until they pretty much a bunch of people ran into the Capitol. Uh, they held siege to the Capitol. They stormed past police. Um, there was some incredible, and when I say incredible, not yay, more incredible than historic sad pictures of people running around the main floor of the Capitol building. 
Um, did you guys see the one? Uh, there was somebody who was standing where the president normally stands when he makes a speech. And there's a lady screaming and yelling. And I'm like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? You know, these are places that are supposedly secured. Um, Mike Pence, whatever you think about Mike Pence, he, he went from a hero um, in the eyes of many conservatives to, I mean, a demon reviled um, real quick. And it just was crazy. And I, I heard a report of one of the people down on the floor was saying, come out and show yourself, Mike Pence. And, you know, it was somebody who was angry at Mike Pence. And, you know, I mean, it was a dangerous time. There was someone who died. Uh, they were talking about four people overall died, but there was a, a protester who was shot. I mean, people lost their lives over this. And it, just horrible. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, we're doing it from a nonpartisan side. Um, I didn't announce this beforehand. If you want to say something. Now, again, I don't want you to come on and yell at Republicans or Democrats or the media. I'll knock you off. But if you're on Facebook, I know I'm broadcasting a lot to my Facebook page. If someone's out there wants to talk, private message me. I'll send you a link. We'll see if we can put you on. Um, but I don't know. Let's start. Brandon, what were your thoughts of the day? And, you know, I, I guess we could break it down a little bit. But overall, what were you thinking of, about watching just the craziness happen? I mean, honestly, um, it, it wasn't a surprise to me how it happened. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even really put much thought into it. Into but before then, I wasn't really thinking that. Oh, this is something that could happen. It wasn't so much much something I put energy into. Um, I just thought, you know, we're gonna go. It'll be on Twitter. Um, I was gonna follow Twitter and see people talk about about this. About like, okay, here's how the discourse is happening. Here's how the object- objections are happening. Really, the biggest question in my mind was, what was Mike Pence gonna do? Yeah. Um, and then, like, because um, even before the New York Times had came out with that breaking news story that it seemed like Pence was still going to, you know, do his constitutional duty, you know, who knows? I mean, because Trump just had, uh, President Trump has this way with his party that, you know, um, it takes them to um, to the edge. Um, and I'm not saying that as a partisan or a anti-Trumper. I'm just saying that's just usually Republicans have gone along. Objectively, Republicans have usually have gone along with the president for the most part. Um, so it was really just remarkable just seeing, you know, uh, you know, uh, the vice president statement, um, saying he has to, he, there's nothing he can do essentially constitutionally to block some of the votes. Or it's interesting to see Mitch McConnell come out with a sort of a, one of his toughest speeches about Trump. Um, so, and even said like, for those who are any Republicans objecting uh, to this, um, to some of these electoral votes as some as mayor protest gesture. Hey, stop! It's uh, damage to our democracy and our republic. Um, I that was these were those were kind of interesting tidbits that, and then I was but really what got me was when I was on Twitter and I saw um, videos of these protests and I saw you know there's videos of. Um, of police, a DC Capitol police pepper spraying protesters and whatnot. Um, it just re- it brought back memories of the summer protests we had. So those are just a couple things that stuck with me uh, uh, from yesterday. Okay. And I wanted to mention too, I don't, I don't think I mentioned this in, in the opening, um, some breaking news this morning. And, you know, unless you were up on that, you may not have heard this. Um, they went back and started the certification process again, because when the protests came and they went, 
And I hate using the word protest. We had a discussion um, with USA Today yesterday going, we can't call them protesters. I mean, now, if you're in the back and just protesting, that's fine. But if you breach the Capitol, you're not a protester anymore. And I think USA Today ended up using the word rioters for the people who went in, inside the building, which I thought was a fair distinction for them to make. Um, but, yeah, the breaking news of this morning is they went back. There was a 6 p.m. curfew in D.C., 8 p.m. they restarted the certification process, which you had to as Congress. You can't just say, oh, my gosh, we can't do it anymore and delay it. Because, I mean, we're having an inauguration on January 20th. I mean, and that's not a political statement. That's more of, hey, this is how our government runs. This is how our government operates. So they went back, went through the certification process. Um, you know, Bram was mentioning uh, before the show, there were some of the politicians that were opposing and, um, you know, presenting challenges, they backed off. And they said, look, after everything today, hey, you know, he's Joe Biden's winner. Let's certify him. So right before 4 a.m., uh, they declared it. Uh, Mike Pence said, hey, Joe Biden's the president. We're moving forward. And interestingly enough, after 4 a.m., uh, President Trump released a statement this morning. He still wasn't in favor of what was happening, but he said, look, there will be an orderly transition of power. So I don't think that means we're out of the woods in terms of strife or conflict, but at least we're not going to have the image of, you know, Trump barricading himself into a side bedroom going, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving, and then, you know, then drag him out, kicking and screaming. So, uh, Craig, what did you think about yesterday and maybe to extend it? I, I mean, remarkable day yesterday, but I guess we're to the point where there's hope that, I mean, are, are we going to see more, is this strife over with, or do we, I, I mean, I, I guess, what did you think about yesterday and what do you anticipate for today? Well, you know, I I don't ever want to deal in hyperbole, but it was one of the worst things I'd seen, at least in recent memory, um, and, and probably from the standpoint of how our democracy runs, it probably was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Um, certainly, it, it probably didn't compare to, you know, terrorist attacks we've seen, going to war, things like that. But just the 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 the, the sheer embarrassment that I, that I felt, I don't know if you guys felt embarrassed for for a few hours of, of being an American and seeing your fellow citizens storm the, the people's house, as they called it. There's a couple of people that said, well, that's the people's house. That's our house. We can, you know, do what we want. Not really. You can't just go break into a, a you know, the Capitol building just because you pay taxes. Um, I, I just felt a lot of sadness and embarrassment. Like, and I think you had said, you you kind of teared up a little bit. And I, I just kind of sat in, in awe. You know, I was I was still working while it started, but I was watching the, the proceedings, you know, in the event that maybe I might need to, you know, follow along what Jim Jordan may say, who's, of course, the representative from uh, the district that I cover here in Fremont. And I, I just was shocked and I couldn't believe my eyes that I saw. It wasn't just the political rally. We've seen, you know, political rallies that have been hosted by Trump for for years now. And um, but it, it was shocking to see people breaking glass and trying to get into the Capitol building and and act as though there was no law and order. And you know, I know it, it's it's odd that you know Congress ended up coming back, and I was happy they did, and it was their duty to do that. But you know, it's amazing what Congress can accomplish when 
they feel the you know the desire or the need or the duty to finish something and they did at 4 a.m as you said and i'm very happy that they were able to get through their their constitutional process but yeah i just felt an, an overabundance of sadness and shock and embarrassment for you know these people that want to call themselves patriots believing that they were doing the right thing and storming our capitol building and it led to violence and it led to a woman losing her life and that's you just don't want to see that kind of stuff it's just it's sad and embarrassing and i'm not going out to people i talked to but you know i had some people call me after work last night and just give me their take and their opinion and yeah there's some people that were more in favor of trump and they just kind of gave me their opinion and said that and I don't know, and, and I'll, I'll try not to harangue on too long about this, but I, I kind of look at life anymore. And, you know, we could talk about politics. We could talk about my weird love for the Pittsburgh Steelers or whatever the case might be. I don't want to die on some of these hills anymore. You know what I mean? Well, like, okay, I, I had a guy I voted for for election. Great. If they won, if they lost, in the long term of things, you support someone because you think they're going to be a better choice. And if they won, great. If they lost, life goes on. And I think our political process is set up where, hey, if you're out there and you're a Trump fan and your guy lost and you say, boy, I, I think I, I still support the ideals. I still support what he believes in. Okay, great. Instead of protesting or storming the Capitol or whatever, do what we do in our democracy. Go out in politics. Go out and support people you think can, can support your cause. Um, we have a midterm election coming up in two years. Typically, the party that's not in the White House does well in the midterm elections. So, you know, put your energy into stuff like that. Um, you know, use it for better purposes. Follow the, the democratic system that we already have in place. Um, I, I, I just, that's what kind of confused me so much about yesterday. We, we talked, I, I talked to somebody who was talking about revolution and saying, maybe this is revolution time. I, I, I'm honestly, and please somebody out there, if you're watching this later, or listening to this later, tell me, um, I look at Donald Trump. He's a populist president. He's a president that had a different idea for stuff. He got enough support to win the president. And whatever, fine. But he lost because he ticked off enough people. There's a lot of people that he upset, so he got voted out of office. I, I'm not sure. I mean, Brandon, do you know why there's a revolution going on here? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean he's a president people liked and supported. Great. You could say that about all 44 other presidents we've had. I, I'm not sure why we're looking at, and not we, but people out there looking at saying, well, maybe some of this is justified because our, you know, Trump's our guy or whatever. From my observation after, after the election happened back in November, um, it, this is when I, I kind of got the same inkling that you, you just got Chris, which was um, people were really upset. Trump didn't win for, for his supporters. that were really upset. He didn't win. They didn't care that Republicans had gained seats in the House. They didn't care that they were could possibly hold on to their Senate majority. They didn't care, maybe not necessarily to this point, that, yeah, they already won with a Supreme Court conservative majority. It was like they were so hung up on their on this one defeat that they didn't have really, that they really didn't mind, um, at least the, the two die in the wool 
um, Trump supporters um, didn't really care that um, about these really victories in the Republican Party. It was really this one defeat that they really were hung up on. At least a couple of Trump supporters in my family had how they expressed themselves, and and I because I was. I said, you know what? This is this uh, the outcome of the election was probably, a, in some ways, a win-win for both sides. If you're in terms of a Republican and Democratic economy, but I think Trump has somehow ascended that political party framework. I mean, some he's Republican, he's not a Republican, or the Republican Party is just, is the is is no more. And it's really, the Trump Party. I, I think that's where where you're kind of getting that discrepancy there, um, and. Um, and it, ironically, man, you know, I mean, if, you know, there's I, this yesterday was on Twitter and looking at what mainstream media reporters were tweeting or hinting based on their sources, I, anonymous, of course, but um, it was the most, it was the one time when it was very political where there was like, hey, there's talk in the cabinet about the 25th Amendment. Yeah. There are Republicans considering it, uh, talking, whispering about a second impeachment and this time removing him. And barring him for running a re-election, I mean, there was a lot of, there was, it's like, um, whereas there was a, it was a much more, it was, yeah, there was some bittersweet defeat in back in November, but there was opportunity for Trump to run in 2024 again, if he was interested. And, um, and that actually might've made him more potent, um, uh, powerful if, if, um, if it didn't go down, this didn't turn out the way it did yesterday by just trying to stay in office trying with every ounce of uh energy he has because he could he said he could have hell he could have announced on inauguration day hey i'm running for i'm running for office again in 2024 it would have been this shadow this cloud that would have hung over the republican party for the next four years and possibly um they would still be he would be actually still as powerful figure in the republican party for the next four years, even out of office. But now I don't, I don't know if that's still going to be the case after uh, yesterday's Ken, who knows the dust has to settle a little bit. Yeah. And when that was the rumor, and again, yesterday may have changed a bunch of stuff, but you know, the rumor was inauguration day, he goes off, holds his own event somewhere else and say, yep, I'm running into 2024. And then in essence, you're starting to have the next four years of whatever happens in the Biden white house. You know, you always have him, you know, giving his own take and his opinion and everything else. And kind of that's what happened in the last couple of years of Obama's term. You know, you had Obama, you had Trump on the sidelines going, hey, you know, I don't like this. He was doing his investigation on Obama's birth certificate and all this other stuff. So, yeah, it would be interesting. And I, I kind of wondered, too, I mean, Trump didn't say concede this morning. He didn't say oh, I messed up here or anything else. He just said, okay, there'll be orderly transition of power. Don't worry. There won't be a standoff on January 20th. I'm, I wonder if, if that reversal, because that was kind of a reversal for Trump based on some of the stuff you heard from earlier in the day. I wonder if he heard the stuff about the 25th Amendment too, and maybe he's he, that kind of brought him back to the point saying, hey, there'll be orderly transition of power. Like, is he trying to protect himself so he doesn't get removed and can't vote again? I mean, can't run again. Yeah, that, that would be. That's why I. That's how I read it too. Um, and it could be. We could be all totally, entirely wrong on that. Who knows? But I think. Well, personally, I think Trump has what he's his strategy has always been is to get his base charged up and out and and outraged a little bit to the point where 
He wants to say, I, I, the selection was stolen from me, stolen from me, stolen from me. Okay, but I'm still going out the door. It's kind of like he wants, it's kind of like, I wanted the appearance of me being, of me being, uh, or in this case, Trump saying he wants him, people to see him uh, being forced out of office. You know, right, like right. he's not, he's not accepting the results or, or by any means. Um, part, and I think that, that, that is smart Trump politics to put it one way. Um, so, um, and cause that might help him with, if he had decided to run for a 24 and election, I'm just curious if it just got out of hand yesterday. I don't necessarily think it. And of course people reporters will, uh, will point out that really this yesterday was just Trump expressing fury and rage that Pence wasn't going to, um, stop the count. Um, and he was just, when he was at the rallies, he was just, um, um, expressing that during the rallies and that might've helped lead to the charged out protest who knows but um um that is um that is where we are right now yeah definitely definitely um i don't know it, it, it's sad it, it's just uh, I'm, I'm really looking at all the news yesterday and everything and i i, I get sad and i i don't care politically i i had someone accuse me saying of well what if whoever you vote for won or not? Are you happy about that? I'm like, I just want the controversy. I just want the sadness to stop. And sadly, it's not going to stop on January 20th. I mean, there's going to be still people fighting back and forth, and it's it's rough. Um, Craig, you probably heard about conspiracy theories. Um, you may have seen them on your Facebook timeline or on others. There is a group out there thinking that, hey, it's this Antifa group, and I've, I've heard of Antifa. I've heard people talk about Antifa. I've really never seen Antifa. Antifa is this, like, mystical group out there where, I mean, I'm like, I, I'm, I mean, I don't know if, guys, have you ever seen, like, this Antifa army marching together or if there's an Antifa armband or anything? I mean, it just seems like, oh, these are these Antifa people. Who are they and everything? I mean, no one seems to know. But, you know, some people are alleging that, well, these are all Antifa people, and they're making Trump look bad by you know, buying Trump signs, and, and they're the ones that stormed the Capitol. And I think there's a lot of good reporting that really said, no, it's not. Here are people, here are articles that we talked about. Look, this matches up. So I think it was really successfully refuted. But what do you think about that conversation out there? Because <clears throat> no matter what we see with our eyes, there's a conspiracy theory saying, oh, it just made up. Well, I think it's an easy excuse, right? I mean, at the end of the day, this turned violent and how many times have we seen people that go to Trump rallies or Trump himself, you know, criticize other protests that we've seen here in the last year that have, you know, gotten violent or gotten to the point where looting and, you know, vandalism had happened. And there was a lot of judgment against those people in those rallies. And then all of a sudden, this is what happens during a Trump rally. And it's easy to say, well, there were plants, there were people planted in the audience that, you know, started marching in and got dropped off and, and they, they were the ones that tried to storm the, the Capitol. And, you know, it's it's not true. And it's not to say that some of these people may not, you know, maybe they do support Antifa, maybe they are involved in it in some way, but they're at the end of the day, they were at a Trump rally supporting Trump. They went over there, marched and decided whatever compelled them to storm the Capitol. I still kind of wondered 
you know, at this point, you know, a day later almost, you know, what was their eventual goal? I mean, were they going to attempt to stop the proceedings? Were they going to have a sit-in? I mean, what were they really going to do after they stormed the Capitol and they ended up getting in? I mean, I I saw on one, you know, and, and you can find it on Twitter if you search, uh, I think it might even be trending still, but this woman, Elizabeth from Knoxville, Tennessee, who did not appear to be an Antifa member, stormed the Capitol. And she said she got one foot in to the Capitol. She was pushed out and then maced in the face. And she had this look of bewilderment on how how could she have been maced for stepping into the Capitol? And I think that's the question. The bigger question is, do these people that did this yesterday, do they really even know what they did wrong? Do they think they did anything wrong? And unfortunately, I think the answer is probably they don't believe they did anything wrong. And that's why we had this standoff in our Capitol building for multiple hours. And we had to have a curfew in, in D.C. We had to have you know, police eventually come. And I just, I, I couldn't believe what was going on. And I just wondered what was the ultimate goal? What was, what was going to happen if everything went the way they thought it was going to go or however they envisioned it? Well, and if you have, okay, if, if I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm anti-government. And if it's Antifa or, you know, if I'm a Trump supporter or whatever I am, you know, however I feel or believe or whatever else the case may be. If I'm hearing there's a rally in front of the Capitol with a bunch of ticked off people, I would go, right? I mean, it it doesn't have to be, you know, yeah, it's a Trump support rally or anything else, but, you know, people are kind of shocked. And I think it was clear it was a rally of people supporting Trump, but hey, anybody who was had axe to grind with the government or anybody wanted to stir trouble, in essence, by doing that and encouraging that, and you know, let's say for what it is. I mean, Trump told people to go to the Capitol. Now, I don't think in Trump's mind and, and view he wanted to see the, the Capitol stormed, but I think the mistake he made yesterday was your words have power, and if you're the president and you say something, that matters a lot more than the three of us saying something here on this podcast. It, it means stuff. It's important and everything, and I, I think the tactical mistake he made and I'm giving him credit. Maybe he had more on his mind than that, but I think it's clear at least bare minimum the tactical mistake he made was you don't invite people down the Capitol. I, I mean, in essence, you're inviting somebody to cause deep issues. I mean, is that too much to say, Brandon? Or I mean, I mean, I mean, there's I'm like looking back now at what was actually what Trump said at the rally. You know, what kind of comments have I'm still doing that research. I mean, yeah. I mean, like the Independent has a nice little article here about the timeline of of how things went down, and the only thing they kind of highlighted um, here was like um, a quote from Trump was, um, um, uh, "What takes courage is to do nothing." And then we're stuck with a president who lost this, the election by a lot. Uh, Trump says, "Mike Pence, I hope you." going to stand up for the good of our constitution for the good of our country and if you're not i'm going to be very disappointed in you i will tell you right now i'm not hearing good stories mm-hmm. he adds i know what everyone here will soon be marching over to the capitol be building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today they didn't i didn't see you know i i needed i needed to probably go and look at the tape again look at what was actually said what was actually i mean a lot of reporters and media left to say he was rambling as more as more than ever um, but you know, you got it. It's of course, go back to the tape 
of actually what was said. And then, of course, then we get into the debate with a Trump supporter about context. No, he didn't mean that way. No, this was taken the wrong way. I mean, um, I, um, yeah. I had the speech on. I, I had the coverage on all day when I was working, and I, I had the speech on. I, I got to tell you, it was it was background noise. I mean, it wasn't like I was intently exploring yeah. it. I, I don't think he ever said, "Hey, go down and cause trouble at the Capitol." You know, go, go have issues. I, I think the thing is, you could do stuff that can tick people off to the point where maybe you shouldn't cause that and and, it, and again i'm not looking at it as he committed a felony i look at it more as from a common sense perspective you know what you say matters you in your words and everything try to take more things to calm down people more than do the other stuff I, I, i'll give you an example and that may, that may not, not make the most sense but uh, in georgia yesterday um, they had that runoff election uh, with the two races. And one of the election officials that was talking when they were still trying to figure out who won, and both Democrats won that race, but he was ticked off, and he was upset about the process. He was upset at the election. And reporters were like, hey, aren't you a Republican? And he's like, yeah, I'm a Republican. And they're like, well, why are you yelling and screaming about this? What's going on? And he said during the press conference, he's like, I'm mad at President Trump because he – he took it to the aspect of instead of backing our candidates and backing saying, here's why you should vote for these people and getting out the vote. It was, he was more tearing down everybody else and attacking everybody else. And he said that from the press conference, he said, look, the reason why these guys won were Democrats focused on getting out to vote more. And I really think that's what Trump missed in this whole election. Um, you know, earlier in the year, they, a lot of states said, hey, we're going to have more aggressive mail-in uh, procedures. And they did that because we were in a freaking pandemic. We didn't know what was happening. Because of that, a lot more ballots were coming in. Um, we talked about this spring with Tyler before the election. Ohio actually had better standards for mail-in ballots than other states. Ohio counts them early. You know, Ohio gets their balloting done. All these other states count them late. So that's why you had all these late ballots coming in and everything. And honestly, I look at Democrats, and this is the stereotype, this is the truth. Democrats don't normally get out to vote. Well, by million balloting helps more Democrats get, get more votes coming in. And I talked to somebody last night who was saying, well, then why did Biden have so many gains at the end? Well, a lot of these votes were coming in from cities. And you look at Ohio, Trump won by, I think it was 8%, but in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus, it was 85% voting Democrat. And it's not just a Trump thing. That's the way it always happened. So if I'm a Trump supporter, if I'm on the Trump campaign, where I think people messed up was you need to challenge the mail-in ballots when these decisions came down the end of year. And if you're really thinking that there's fraud going on, bring it up in May. Bring it up in April. Bring it up in February. Don't wait till after the election that you lost. Because, Brandon, I really think if Trump would have won this, you haven't heard anything about fraud. Even if he won by one vote and he claimed he should have won by 50 million votes, it, it seems like more sour grapes. And my frustration isn't political. My frustration is I want to see a better system. So hopefully now that it looks like the election's decided, everything is done, let's focus on getting a better election system. I mean, that's my frustration. I mean, that's the old takeaway is like, um, um, you know, in any sports competition, um, whether it's football, soccer, or whatnot, you know, um, 
you have a competition when one year and there's always maybe this one role that's probably not panning out well with the fans. And then, you know, over time, maybe the they'll change it for the next season. Um, right. Or they'll put in new systems to kind of do better refereeing on it. Um, that's just probably a par- terrible analogy off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like if you have election fraud, you need proof of election fraud. Um, like, like be, that can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, so to speak. Um, yeah. And, and if the courts aren't satisfied, it's, you know, the next best thing you can do is what can we do? What can we do to improve the system? And as I said yesterday, it, it's t- it's going to be a tough hill because right now states have um, a great amount of authority over how elections are done. Federal government can probably help tweak it to some extent, maybe in terms of how they interact with the states. But um, the question I, I keep, I was posing to people, I posed to some tr- my Republican friends, I none have responded, but just like, what do you guys want? Do you want more federal involvement in elections? Do you want more uniformity? Do you want it to be where me and Ohioan can vote the same way as if I was living in California? I, I, I think that's, that's where we're getting, getting uh, the frustration from is because as you pointed out earlier, Ohio did it to counted their ballots one way and Pennsylvania and Georgia counted a different way. And maybe that's what we need. We need more uniformity in how our elections done. But I am paused to say, who should who should coordinate that? The federal government, or should the states all get together and 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 um, hash it out a little bit differently? It's the thing. And end of the end game there. I say it's twenty twenty one. We're an online society. Um, our news business has totally changed into an online society, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's it's nothing wrong with that. It's just you know, you're adapting to the times. Why are we not adapting in our election systems? You know, let's vote online. Uh, and you might say, well, if you have fifty email addresses, how do you work it out? Why can't we have a government issued email? And just think about this. We can use that with anything government related, like to follow our taxes and everything. And if you screw up, if you are fraud, you go to jail for a long time. But let's vote by email. And then that way, we know who wins the election. You can Chris, almost have I, got your I got your password to your email. Yeah. I am now sending uh, dirty pics to the IRS. Well, yeah, <laughs> and that's not it. Right, and that's an issue you can have all the time. But I mean, you have these same issues now, you know, with mail-in ballots or anything. Just let's do it online. Let's make it easier. And that way, I mean, yeah, you may not want to have running results, but that way, shortly after the polls close, here are the results. It's fine. And if it's within one percent or whatever, you know, you can recount like you do any other things. But let's do that. So on November, you know, the first Tuesday in November, we know who wins this, and we're not dealing with this crap in January 7th now. It's just crazy. Well, I think you're always going to deal with it, especially if you move to like an online voting. I mean, the how many how many months and years have we been talking about Russian hacks or just any any kind of, you know, fraudulent activity through online hacking or things like that? I just it's yeah, I, I would so I would enjoy voting online like that it'd be easy and i think you'd even get more voters out than what we had just in november but i think the the integrity of the election could be compromised a little bit easier and i think that would be the argument that 
Republicans and Democrats would probably throw out there right away is how safe and secure, even with a government password or a government email or a secure, you know, mainframe that we can use, how secure is it really? And, you know, I, I've always been of the mindset that there are plenty of ways for everybody to vote. Now, I understand that there are some people that are disenfranchised. I get that. I've always felt like, especially in Ohio, because that's where I've lived my whole life, we've always had opportunity to vote absentee. We can vote on, you know, on election day like I like to do usually. Um, but this year we, you know, other states kind of adopted other options and, you know, I think Brandon's right. It'd be nice if we had some uniformity as far as how we count those ballots, because, you know, Trump would, Trump would always argue at 10 PM on election night, he was winning these states, you know, handily. And then all of a sudden he couldn't understand why Pennsylvania turned and, you know, he couldn't understand why Georgia turned. Well, they turned because everybody in those states got the, got the message of you can vote by mail. You can you can vote for you can vote by mail you can vote by absentee ballot, and Trump was a staunch supporter of not doing that. I mean, how many times at rallies was he saying, "Don't vote by mail. It's a fraud." It, you know, he he set the it's, it's like he played the long game in this. He set the stage early in the year that said, "This election is going to be rigged and fraudulent. It's not going to matter." You know, he he planted those seeds early by saying stuff like that, and his base kept believing it. And then no one could believe in his camp or in his, you know, in his political base that he could lose Pennsylvania after he had seemingly a big lead at 10 p.m. on election night. Well, you know, they, they didn't count the the uh, mail-in ballots like Ohio did, you know, in advance and then post those. You know, I remember talking to our local board of elections. They're like, yeah, we're going to have everything ready to go. And at 730 on election morning we can have all those results. We can count those results. They're all certified. Other states didn't do that. I'd like to see them do that, especially if they're collecting these ballots in advance. But it's, you know, for some for some states, it was relatively new. And, you know, it's a live and learn situation. And, and maybe those states can work it out over over time. But, you know, at the end of the day, yesterday yesterday's fiasco was a culmination of a lot of things and you know i know we kind of you know got away from what we were talking about a little bit ago about you know the inciting of this mob rudy giuliani who's trump's personal lawyer and of course the former new york mayor at this rally you know believe it or not in in washington dc said he called for a trial by combat yeah. Now, I'm not saying that he's advocating for a war, but he certainly isn't advocating for a peaceful protest when he says trial by combat, is he not? I just, you know, so everything that happened yesterday was sort of a combination of that 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 kettle just warming up and warming up and then boiling over. Um, and, and certainly Trump and Giuliani and Trump's sons, you know, didn't didn't help quell that uh, that issue. Well, and I think, you know, back in the 25th Amendment and everything, and maybe that becomes immaterial because, you know, like Brand, you know, Brandon was saying, you know, he had the 4 a.m. announcement this morning. But I, I think as a country, we, we got to take a look at that, too, just from the aspect of, okay, there's going to be early transition power. What are you doing in your final two weeks? What's happening? And I, I think there needs to be more accountability, and not just for Trump. There needs to be accountability for Biden. There needs to be accountability for Obama, Bush, every other president. Uh, and I think we need that accountability in our leaders. Thing. 
I, I wanted to mention this really quick, and I mean, you guys can comment. I'm, you know, me coming from more of the faith background, I want to address this. It made me sad, and a lot of people that I connect with on Twitter was upset about this as well. Um, it's not reported, okay? You can sit there and say, oh, the dirty liberal media is, is paying a picture. It's not, because I saw it with my own two eyes. There was a lot of Jesus 2020 signs at this rally, and I don't know if the people with the signs ran in the Capitol building or, or not. I don't know. But what frustrates me, guys, is, okay, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm looking forward to watching this game, okay? I'm a Christian, and I am a Steelers fan. But that doesn't really have anything to do with each other, okay? Um, being a Christian doesn't mean I have to be a Steelers fan, or being a Steelers fan doesn't mean I have to be Christian. It's just interest I have. You know, I chose – being a Christian for my faith expression, I guess. And I chose being a Steelers fan because I like the football team, whatever. But it would be like doing a Jesus 2020 sign at Trump rally would be like if I was wearing a T-shirt saying Jesus Pittsburgh Steelers or something. You, if I showed you a shirt like that, you guys would be like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> this is so dumb and everything. Well, I think it's the same thing with the Trump thing. And I get embarrassed because let me say this. I'm neutral, but I'm definitely not a Trump supporter as a Christian. And I get sad when people equate that so closely together. It makes the faith look bad. It makes everything else. I'm going to try to post this on the blog. Uh, Russell Moore, he's just a gospel coalition, and he's impartial and everything else, too. And he talked about the responsibility of Christians after yesterday. And he said, look, accept the truth. Tell the truth. We're about the truth. And he's like, wherever you feel politically – Hey, Joe Biden won the election. We embrace that and we move forward. And I love how Russell Moore, you know, talks about that. And he's been very critical about everything that's been happening. But as Christians, you have to stand for a higher call. And yeah, that doesn't mean you don't care about politics. Hey, it's possible. You might be a Christian and think Donald Trump's a good president. That's up to you. But you don't throw your faith into a almost a worship of somebody or a cult-like figure. God's in control not Donald Trump. And if you're sitting there going, I don't know what to do today because my guy's not president, who cares? Your guy is God. I mean, God's in control. God runs everything. And honestly, God cares about the country and God, like he does every country and every person in the world, but God's not invested in who wins an election. God's invested in people's hearts and souls and everything. And I want just to remind people that just because some people carry on Jesus 2020 signs, that doesn't mean Trump and Christianity are equated. It's embarrassing. I, I mean, I my heart broke for, and, and not for Christ, because that wasn't of Christ, but my heart broke for people who really think that. So, I don't know. I just want to get that out there. It, it was, it made a sad day even more frustrating for me. So, I don't know. Anything, we're up against the 45 minutes one Make sure we hit our time right. Anything else we wanted to mention about yesterday? I'll just say this, though, is I know people kind of feel yesterday was an embarrassing moment for Americans. And maybe for the most part, they're right. But I do think we have to put it in the context of, you know, social media has been around for for more than a decade, I'm thinking. Probably, I don't know, probably even longer. Um, for And I think we're seeing the the aftermath, the after effects of now that it's taken a root in our 
discourse and how we interact with each other. We've seen it with the, um, we've seen how social media has been a powerful tool in terms of the Arab Spring, its involvement with the Arab Spring movement a few years back. Um, and how I think it's finally, they were saying that it was happening with Americans during the Occupy Wall Street movement. But I actually think maybe, you know, it was happening with the Tea Party movement, the Occupy Wall Street movement. Uh, but now it's kind of culminated into, you know, the, the last four years of how it's affected our politics and our discourse. I think it's embarrassing, but I think it's not, I don't think it's embarrassing if people are taking it like, it's just like our country is is having a, is having a, uh, having the conversation right now. It's very violent. It's very intense. But I think we're um, I think well America's going to get through it. I think um, um, our constitution is going to hold up. Um, and what it really just showed is, you know, there was how much um, how much reliance it was on leaders um, to do the right thing. Um, and so we're going to get through it. I, I think. We're all it's um, we've gone through other things back in over over the years. And his, if you look at history, whether it was the civil rights movement, civil war in 1800s, people brought up. I mean, um, and of course, those are all distant memory or distant in the history books now. But um, I, I mean, it's about um, um, it's just like, yeah, it was a rough day yesterday, but um, it's just um but I think it's um, I think 2021 is going to just start out getting better by the end of the year. And we'll, we'll all forget this <laughs> to some degree. So I don't know. It's just, that's a, something people felt bad for feeling bad about their country yesterday. But I think it's like, this isn't a, um, I guess I'm just trying to say this isn't an indictment of democracy. It's not good. No, this is democracy in action. Um, this is people getting their feelings out there. And, um, and that henceforth, why their protesters protests have turned into riots happened with the Black Lives Matter movement you know, last year, but these voices need to be heard on both sides. Um, and hopefully something will come to uh, an understanding in the years to come. You raise an interesting question. I don't, I don't know the answer myself. Um, you've got Democrat parties that, and, and it's been going around both ways, but you've got Democrat parties that felt slighted by Trump. Uh, there's been kind of crazy back and forth going on. See, I really think, and I've, I've had people yell at me about this. I've heard Joe Biden speak for 20, 25 years. I think Joe Biden's a little bit more of a moderate than everyone thinks he is. I mean, he's a, definitely a lot more moderate than somebody ever came for president. Brandon, do you think it's possible? Um, I heard some hopeful talk that saying on the Republican and Democrat side, maybe moderates from both sides can kind of emerge victorious because you've got a split Senate. I mean, it's 50, 50. I mean, Democrats have the power because, you know, the vice president can break ties and everything. Um, do you think it's possible for people to kind of meet in the middle a little bit with the next administration? I think, I think there's possibility for more compromise. I think with the two win Democrat wins in Georgia, it's huge for Democrats um, because now they can, because Mitch McConnell's strategy has always been to block votes, block block legislation coming to the floor. So you don't even know where his party voted on or where they stand. I mean, like, look at the $2,000 stimulus check. I mean, you had certain prominent Republican senators coming out and saying, oh, I'm in favor of the $2,000 check. But they never they never got a chance to vote on it, you know, never got to say yes or no. 
um, let the voters know, you know, McConnell had that much power. So with the uh, Democrats having a 50-50 split in the House Senate, basically, and Kamala Harris being the tiebreaker, um, legislation will come to the floor and Republicans will have to vote yes or no now. They'll have to be on record. So there's going to be chance for a compromise, I think, in terms of, of, the, of the party. Um, but I think the biggest, the biggest issue we still have, and this is something that the Trump presidency has revealed, has, has really kind of like has been sort of in the back, and even with the Bernie Sanders campaign, is there is disgruntlement among the American electorate, whether you're on the left or the right, you, they're very unhappy with the donor class. They're very unhappy with the moderate because the moderates seem to have done a lot more for the donor class than they have for the average American worker. And the problem is though, is, is the left and right don't seem to agree um, um, with each other when it comes to the cultural issues of our country. Um, and therefore that's, that's, that's the, that's the real struggle there. Um, if you look at it, black lives matter movement protests happened, you know, with across the entire nation where it would took attacked um, or, Businesses were destroyed, properties were damaged. Um, yesterday's protest was focused directly on Washington D.C. Um, not haven't heard of any of protests happening across the country. It might have been smaller scale, but um, I think that it's it's the same thing that happened. And I'm sorry, <clears throat> I want to mention it's the same thing happened with the Tea Party movement. Tea Party movement was really focused on Washington D.C. Occupy Wall Street movement was really focused on on um, Wall Street and special interests. And I think it's, um, it's, it's the question of where's the rage being directed at? Who, who are we really upset with? Um, and that's a question I think we're still trying to figure out after all these years. Well, yeah, I wanted to mention real quick. Yeah, there, there was protests at other places around the country. I mean, at Ohio State House, there was a brief fight between uh, pro and anti President Trump uh, demonstrators. So, I, I mean, you see that it, it definitely wasn't to the effect of what happened yesterday in the Capitol, but you're seeing some of that. I mean, I, I just hope for the best. If you're sitting out there and if you're bummed out, if you're a Trump guy, person that, you know, you're like, hey, my guy lost, or if, if you're bummed out the other way, I think it's just a time just to take a step back. And uh, I'm hoping that these people that breached the Capitol, uh, I'm hoping they kind of, as they were running around the Capitol, maybe took a deep breath and said, what am I really doing here? You know, I mean, is this really worth it? What's, you know, what's going on? Uh, I don't know if they did or not, but I mean, I'm just hoping as a country, we take a step back and I, you know, we got to focus. Um, a friend of mine, Rick always does the day after the election. He says, look, if you're upset or if you're not, you're the one that can make a difference. You know, don't think that because your guy won, everything's great. If your guy lost, your girl lost or whatever, everything's bad. You can make that difference. And I guess I'd echo that statement to close this out and just saying, you know, focus more on what you can do. And, and there's hope. There's hope for everybody. And I think that's the important thing. And honestly, we've got to reject what happened yesterday. I'm, I'm tired. I see a lot of people on Facebook right now posting about, oh, they're trying to justify it in some reason. You can't justify this. You know, breaking into the Capitol, um, that's not justifiable. And I don't care if you're Antifa or a Trump supporter or whatever, that's not right. And I think as a country, we got to start making stances and say, this is wrong. No matter what group you are, if you're, 
and the other thing. And I'll tell you one thing, and we gotta go. We should we should have talked about this for a while. A lot of people out there, um, there really wasn't a lot of fight back against some of the protesters. Protesters were white. Saw a lot of people talking yesterday, you know, from the and I'm not talking Black Lives Matter. I'm talking people of color. Period. Say what happens if there's a, a person of color running around the Capitol? Could have been very tragic. I mean, it could have been <laughs> yeah. worse. And I'm not sitting here. I, I don't want to be a bleeding heart or anything, but you know, good night. What happens? I mean, we're sitting here in Columbus, where because of misunderstandings or whatever wants to be called it, there's two people of color or dead after a shooting by police, and you know that's in a situation where they're around their house. Yeah, people running around the U.S. Capitol, and you might say, "Well, why does that matter?" Well, you had politicians inside, you had the vice president of the United States inside that'd be whisked away to safety because nobody knew what happened. You can't run up to a politician. I mean, it's dangerous. So I don't know. It's tough. Well, we'll be back tomorrow, and hopefully, we can end the week with better news. Brandon, what do you think the chances are? Nothing bad will happen today. There'll be no bad COVID news. There'll be no. I think today's the hangover, Chris. I I, I truly yes. believe it. The politicians were up till four. They're all probably sleeping in now. Um, you know. So I think it's. Um. I think today will be uneventful, hopefully, for the most part. Who knows? Maybe the president will tweet. But actually, <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. Twitter was oh, yes. up for a little bit. But, um, um, yeah, this that'll – so I don't know if he's still able to tweet or not. But I think it's going to be – I'm going to I'm gonna take a bet and say it's going to be, for the most part, an uneventful news day compared to yesterday. <laughs> but I'm sure I – mean, we haven't even talked about COVID from the Browns and Steelers. I mean, I'm sure there will be some more COVID cases, you know, either, either team. I, I mean, it's not going to be a pleasant news day. I mean, I'm talking general. I'm not just talking about the election. I mean, you know, we've committed to talk about the news of the day. So hey, I'll pick four stories out tomorrow. Hopefully, maybe our fourth story can be something fun. Because I really enjoyed yesterday our, our talk about chicken sandwiches. And I want more of that. I enjoyed it. But after what happened yesterday, I just said, I, I don't think we can end our day by talking food. So maybe we get a food story at the end tomorrow or anything else. So, yeah, thank you for checking out the Ohio Podcast. Again, look at our Patreon page, support us there. And if you're like, I don't want to give these jokers money, I, I, I can understand that. But go subscribe. Go to your favorite. Um, you're a Citra guy, right, Brandon? I've actually moved on to Google Podcasts. The Google Podcasts? Yeah, Stitcher was annoying me a little bit. Okay. Um, but um, Well, whatever your podcast catcher of choices, we're there. So check us out. And, and if we're not, please email me and say, Hey, you jerk. We're not on this podcast. And I'll, I'll do my best to get everybody on. But no, I'm excited. I'm really happy for what I've gotten a lot of great feedback from the first week. And I, I so much appreciate you guys' part in it. Check out Trey Ryder, my guy. If you don't want to hear about, you know, election stuff, and there's going to be a lot of that, not just from our podcast, click on my podcast. It will be election free. It'll just be cornhole talk and talk about how to say Clemson. That'd be great. So, all right. Thanks guys. We'll see you tomorrow. And I think we'll have Tom Stoff on as our other uh, podcast. And tomorrow we'll talk about the news today. Thanks again. Have a great day.